everyone, and welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And hey guys, welcome to National Treasure News. This is a brand new bonus series that Emily and I are putting together just for you because, well, to be frank, there's a lot of National Treasure news lately. (laughs) And we need to get it off our chests. We really do. You know, somehow Twitter and Instagram just aren't cutting it. So we got to come on the airwaves. The way this is going to work is whenever something major happens in the National Treasure universe, we're going to hop on, give you a short bonus episode, making sure you know kind of what came out in the news and obviously what we think about it. (laughs) So if you have any thoughts on this news that we're going to tell you about today, which to be honest, you probably already know about, and you want to share them with us, go ahead and find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at NT Hunt Podcast. Yes. So for the record, in case we have people going through our back catalog in the future, this episode of National Treasure News is being recorded on July 25th, 2022. So what that means is the topic of conversation today is, of course, the National Treasure Edge of History panel at San Diego Comic-Con that happened back on July 21st, just a few days ago. So for anyone who is somehow unfamiliar, National Treasure Edge of History is the forthcoming National Treasure TV series. It is coming to Disney Plus either late this year or early next year, and we're just starting to get a lot more news about it because filming has officially wrapped. Yep, and I mean, this panel was something else. Uh, I think, like I said, most of you probably already know, but from this panel, we got not only information, but also primarily a featurette. Yes. And that is what we are here to talk about today. Yes, so... Basically, we're going to start by quickly overviewing the featurette in case you haven't seen it somehow. It's also over on our Twitter account. You can go find it and watch it for yourself. And then we're naturally going to discuss some of the biggest takeaways and their implications, not just for the series, but for the National Treasure franchise as a whole. So, Em, should I just, just kind of go into the summary? Let's do it. Okay, so first and foremost, we learn a little bit more about our protagonist. Her name is Jess Morales, and she's a 22-year-old dreamer. We learn that her Pan American treasure hunt is somehow related to her parents, so still getting that family vibe in here with National Treasure. But she's obviously much younger than any of our characters were in the National Treasure films. Um, We see the characters, particularly Jess, interacting with all sorts of quote-unquote clues or what we assume are clues, such as a metallic sphere, a framed painting of an eye, objects with pre-Columbian Native American looking symbols on them, etc. Jess uh, has a great line, I think, where she says, I have an idea where to start, and we immediately see Oof, one of the most controversial parts of this featurette, we immediately see the ocular device. Yes, that ocular device from the first National Treasure film. It looks like it's kind of displayed in a museum sort of way. It's like on display. And later in the featurette, we also notice that the Olmec plank and the Meerschaum pipe 
are also present in this scene. We also see Benjamin Franklin's Join or Die cartoon, which seems a little bit strange given that this will be a Pan-American adventure, and I personally don't inherently connect that to Ben Franklin. Also, I feel it important to note that this cartoon will be important in the second National Treasure prequel book, which you will hear us discuss very soon on the podcast. Ultimately, though, this is a featurette and not a trailer, so you do see some behind the scenes of the actual filming, and you get the actors popping up as talking heads. Emily's face right now is a little more excited. I am much more trepidatious because right off the bat, we see, before we even, honestly, honestly, Em, before we even see Jess, Lizette Oliveira, the actress playing Jess, as one of the talking heads, the first one we see is Justin Bartha. Yes, he says, quote, what's wonderful about the National Treasure movies and now TV show is that it uses American history as a jumping off point for exciting treasure hunts, end quote. Now we have various new younger actors um, sort of popping up after Justin Bartha, basically talking about how National Treasure is such a classic and it's their favorite and they still love it and all that stuff that's obvious. Um, <laughs> Justin Bartha also shares that what sets the show apart is that it's taking place in a quote-unquote different world. So by this, he means the modern world, um, and we know this because it's set as a voiceover overlaid onto snippets of people using cell phones and computer screens and all sorts of techie things that are clearly very much from the 2020s. And so the implication is that social media and modern gadgets are going to play like a big role in making this show feel contemporary. Now, it's still unclear how much Riley's going to be around, though he is officially listed as a guest star, okay? And Agent Sadusky, this is the other big news from the panel and from the featurette, Agent Sadusky appears as a very old man, like white hair and white beard old man, okay? In the featurette scene, Sadusky is seen holding a folded American flag, like the kind you see passed to a grieving family when an American soldier dies. And so ultimately, that is the featurette. I would say the feel will inherently be different of this TV show, um, not only because of some of the aspects we've just discussed, but also because, quite frankly, the protagonist, Jess, has more sidekicks. I believe it looks like she'll have four sidekicks, so that's like in all already a larger crew. All right. Do you think that covers everything in the summary, Emily? I think it does. So now what we've done, everything we just overviewed for you, we've broken into a handful of topics. What we think are the biggest takeaways from the featurette, as well as some of the, let's say, media publications that followed the panel. And we're going to we're going to discuss some implications here. So, Emily. The first one is Riley being in the series. Now, it's important to note that Justin Bartha was not present at the San Diego Comic-Con panel. So everything we know about him is something that either the cast said and was like reported on in these media outlets or from the featurette. Do you have any new thoughts on Riley being in the series? Um, I don't know if I have new thoughts on it. I think one of the things that struck me the most is that, you know, in the feature, Justin Bartha says that he used to be the young guy on set and he noted that now he's not, which is inherently true just because we have younger people on the set. But 
honestly, like that doesn't matter, man. We national treasure lovers, we want you here. <laughs> and honestly, when it comes down to it, I think familiarity is the name of the game. And that's why I think we see him before we see even our main character. That's a really good point. I, I do think that him showing up in the feature at first is a little bit of pandering to the audience. Um, because as we'll discuss in a little bit, there's been some backlash about lack of familiar faces. Let's just say that to start. Um, I also think this tells us a little bit though that we didn't know before in that when we see Riley on the set and his scenes being filmed, what they show us anyway, they're not making him look any younger. He's playing what would be, I guess, Riley's age right now, which I think is important to know because if this ever does lead to another movie, we're not just taking place right after the last movie took place, if that makes sense. Um, The other thing I need to say here, I still got to know, how many episodes is Riley going to be in? What role is he playing? You know, that is going to be really, really important in determining, I think, how his character is received in this show. Because I guarantee you, Emily, if he only shows up for one episode or part of one episode, the fans are going to riot. Like his presence, honestly, is one of the only reasons people are buying in when they're like really big fans of the franchise. Mm -hmm. For sure. So finally, on this point, I think the reception of his character, whether it's good or bad, is going to be really, really important to the future of the National Treasure franchise as a whole. Because if everyone wants more of him, i.e. more of the original characters, that's good news for the films. If they don't really care, not so good. Not so good. Aubrey, our next big talking point, your favorite, Agent Sadowski. How do, how do you feel about um, Agent Sadowski being included in the series? Okay, I am displeased, but not for the reason that you think. Okay. I'm displeased because, to me, he's not even a main character in the movies. That's his world. He belongs in the movies. It feels like a really weird pull into this this new version of the world. Now, something that we did learn, not from the featurette, but from an interview with one of the actors, is that one of jess morales's comrades if you will is apparently sadusky's grandson Mm -hmm. so that might tie in uh the character of sadusky a little bit but again how many episodes is he in harvey Keitel, big name guaranteed he's not in all the episodes right okay especially when he's he can't be billed as a main character because all the young cast are the main characters Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think is important here that no one is talking about right now um, is I think seeing him portrayed in the series here in the way that we see him. So like old man, I think it makes him a lot less likely to show up in National Treasure 3 if it ever happens. Which could be a good thing for you. To be honest, I that would bother me, especially if there's going to be a new FBI agent. Because here's the thing, Harvey Keitel, is an older gentleman than he was when National Treasure movies came out. However, they aged him more for this series as opposed to making him any younger. True. That is true. 
So what about you, Em? Do you have strong feelings about this? I suspect no, but enlighten me. I wouldn't say strong is how I would describe my feelings. Um, I think that, you know, having Agent Sadowski here is an interesting inclusion. I now might be wrong, but I don't feel like people were necessarily clamoring for him to be included in the next National Treasure Project, kind of going along with what you were saying about how he's not, you don't consider him one of the main characters, right, of the National Treasure movies. Um, I think his presence here either supports some of the theories that we've reported on the podcast about how he's more connected to the treasure hunts in the movies than maybe people see on the surface. Or honestly, they just included him for familiarity. Once mm-hmm. again, just trying to get that basic, we'll throw in some characters that you know to kind of draw you in and hope that that's enough to at least bring you to the table so that you can at least see what's going on in the series and then judge it for yourself. Yeah, and I think what's important to realize here, we know that he is not the FBI agent interacting with these kids Mm -hmm. because a different character has been actually introduced in like the summaries and whatnot as the FBI agent. So whatever role he's playing here, it is not in the role we know him for. Speaking of familiarity though, my last question about this is who died? Like with the folded flag. So my assumption is that it's probably uh, his son. Uh, so the father of the grandson that's part of Jess's group. Uh, oh. And that somehow that will promote the grandson's involvement in the treasure hunt in some way. I like that theory. We'll have to put it to the test. Okay, next topic. Clues from the two national treasure films showing up in the show in this sort of museum display-like fashion. So again, that was the ocular device, the Meerschaum pipe, and the Olmec plank, at least. We don't know if there are other ones. What do you think about this? Um, so I have to say my answer, once again, is not very creative, but it would feel weird to me if the clues from the film were used again as like different clues in the series like they were multifaceted in nature and somehow involved in multiple treasure hunts that would just seem odd to me so honestly I feel like this just goes back to the familiarity aspect of things I think you know with this you have this idea where you're showing the people some things that they recognize and you hope that they feel a little more safe and a little more grounded in this new world that you're building yeah you're a lot nicer than me this is pandering again. Sure. But I, so I think the difference and, you know, I think this will come up, this has come up before and will come up many times as we, you know, talk about the series, especially as it airs, is the idea that um, I definitely have a slightly more uh, positive view on the series, just because my whole thing is tell me another story related to treasure hunts and I'm in. And understandably, your whole thing is give me Nick Cage in the original cast for National Treasure or we're not talking about National Treasure. No, but I think it's it's not just that. To me, this is pandering because we already know. I, I don't think you have to worry about these clues being reused. Outlets are reporting that the treasure hunts in the films compared to this show are quite distinct. Apparently that is has been made clear to outlets reporting on these you know on this sort of media so to me 
this kind of feels like a grasping at straws to connect the two worlds. Um, I, for example, in this context, I could totally see this and I know nothing here. So this is me just spitballing, but I could see this being used in this sort of way of like, oh my God, Jess is like, we need to go talk to an expert. Let's go talk to Riley Poole. And Riley just happens to have these mementos like in his house. And so they go to his house. They're waiting for him to come downstairs and they're like looking in the windows and just seeing the, the clues just like hanging out there. And then they talk to Riley, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's sort of the sort of context I could see this appearing. And to me, that's kind of bull. <laughs> but that being, that being said, if they are used meaningfully, I will riot. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to use them, use them in a way that contributes to the story without being the story. Okay. Okay. I like that. I think I, I liken this back to uh, some things that we saw in Jurassic World. I don't know if you've seen those films. Only the first one. Um, but uh, what was frequently used in those films were callbacks to the Jurassic Park movies. Uh, I remember, for example, the banner that was in the Jurassic Park movie was seen at the park in Jurassic World. The same car that they used was seen there again. Um, and so I look at this from a surprisingly for me positive perspective as kind of just trying to tie these things together a little bit and just kind of show people that we are still somehow connected to this world. Yeah. I think if there were no mentions of these things, people would be left kind of like wondering how we're connecting. Okay. Let's move on to the next topic here. Um, this is not something we discussed in the featurette. This is something we learned from the actual panel and following it closely online as it was happening in real time. <laughs> um, two locations that were revealed to be important to this new treasure hunt are the Alamo and Graceland. Um, I'm gonna be quick with this one, Em. My thoughts on this are simply, I'm glad this doesn't like impinge upon any of my brilliant ideas for National Treasure 3 and where that could go? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> so we'll be brief. I don't have a ton of thoughts on this because I'm not trying to predict kind of the, the plot of the show. But the idea that Graceland is included here gives me a slight hope that music might somehow be involved in the clues, which just as a music nerd myself, I would find that really cool. Okay. Okay. Now let's get to a, a big one. And we alluded to this a little bit when we were talking, I think, about Riley and how um, a lot of people buying into this series is because Riley, i.e. a main character, is there. This topic, Ben Gates is not present in the series, but apparently he will be referenced. What do you got, Em? Well, I think if what the writers say is true, which we heard a little bit at the panel and nick cage simply wasn't available for the show in terms of scheduling which i know based on aubrey's face is a very optimistic way of looking at this based on nicholas cage's own statements but go on <laughs> then this is a good sign i think it demonstrates that they know that nick cage is the heart of 
this franchise. And I think that they know that they couldn't get away with doing this kind of thing without at least mentioning him. Obviously, we would all prefer that he was in it, but I'm kind of at the point where I'm taking what we can get. And with that being said, I think the fact that they're mentioning him is a positive. Okay, I have so many thoughts on this one. I'm going to try to rein it in. First, in response to your thought here, I really don't think this has anything to do with Nicolas Cage not being around. I know that might be a controversial opinion. Why do I say that? In interviews that Nick Cage was doing around the unbearable weight of massive talent, where he was asked explicitly about National Treasure, he seemed to have a a decent amount of animosity around the fact that the series was happening particularly that it was happening before the third movie was happening. That tells me he doesn't fully buy into this project. Um, Now, do I think that this means that they know he's at the heart of the franchise? No. I think this is once again pandering. And I know this keeps coming up. But the reason I say that is if you read any of the recaps of what people were asking the cast during the media day around this panel, if I were the cast members present for that media day after the panel, I might've felt a little bad about myself because it, the questions, yeah, some of them were about like what happens in the series and is there love interest for your character and all this nonsense. I know you love that. But nine times out of 10, it felt like there was a question about like, oh my God, where is Nick Cage? Which is like, mm-hmm. oof, like that, I don't know. It feels like everyone is looking for him. So the cast and the, the the writers, they had to pivot and be like, oh my God, we love him so much. He's such a great actor. We want him so bad. He was just too busy. We want him for season two, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. to me, I think it was more reactionary because also of some of the reaction they've been getting online, which I know you have been tracking a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's something I will talk about uh, as we get a little further on. Okay, so let me just finish up on the Ben point here. Reacting to something else you said, oddly enough, I kind of don't want Ben Gates physically in this series if he's not the star of it. I just don't like seeing the main character being relegated to like a sidekick or like an afterthought type of role. And I also think if they got Nick Cage into the TV series, once again, you could kiss him goodbye for the movie. Like, it just doesn't seem like you can have your cake and eat it too. What I will say is how he is referenced in the series is going to tell us a lot about the prospect of National Treasure 3. Um, Obviously, I don't think they're going to do anything dramatic like kill him off in the background because Dizzy's smarter than that. They always want the door to be open. But depending on how they treat him, like, is he off on a treasure hunt in Asia? Or is he just like retired from treasure hunting? Or... What is it going to be? That's going to tell us a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with that. Okay. So another question. We already know there's going to be overt references to the movies, a la the clues in the museum type setting, a la the presence of Riley and Agent Zadusky. Do we think there will be subtle nods? Think the way that National Treasure and other films were nodded to in the unbearable weight of massive talent yeah um i mean i'm gonna be brief with this one i it certainly seems so um i think with the props from the movies like you were saying being shown in the featurette i think that that 
demonstrates that there will probably be more references uh, back to uh, the movies, which once again, I understand that you might not be here for, but I, uh, I am all, I am all ears for. I would personally much, much rather the subtle nods like Massive Talent does, as opposed to the overt things that feel like pandering. I would much prefer like, let's put it this way. I would prefer them having to like run through a museum. And, you know, if you have an eagle eye in the background, you see they run past an exhibit about the Charlotte or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. those sorts of subtleties, I would much prefer than like in your face. This is the National Treasure movie. Don't forget, you know. Okay, that makes sense. So, Aubrey, I think the big question here that's on everyone's mind, definitely on our minds a lot, is what does this series and what we've seen in this featurette that we've just laid out for everyone, what does this mean in terms of implications for National Treasure 3? Okay, I feel the need to say what you and I are both going to say, totally speculative. We don't know, but we're going to make our best guesses and our evolving guesses as more stuff comes out. (laughs) Definitely. I think what strikes me here and what makes me the most trepidatious is that there's a complex dynamic here regarding the success of this series and National Treasure 3. I truly believe that this series needs to do well to prove to Disney that they should make the third movie. That being said, I don't think the series can do super, super incredibly well (laughs) for our purposes. Because if it does, then that might just tell Disney, oh, I'm going to throw all of my resources, all of my money, my marketing, you know, the, the, the trying to get big cast names, including maybe Nicolas Cage. They're just going to throw that into the series and maybe never make the third movie. And I don't know what that seesaw looks like, where the balance is between good but not too good, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's honestly like gives me anxiety. <laughs> no, I agree. It, it definitely gives me anxiety too. It, it, most things do, but especially this. Um, I think it's, it's really hard to say, right, what this means. I think uh, going back to something that you mentioned a little earlier, part of what has me concerned, and Aubrey, we have talked about this via text message uh, uh, over the past couple of days, is the fact that a lot of people seem to be boycotting this series because of the fact that Nicolas Cage is not in it. Mm-hmm. Now, while this is completely understandable and I am 100% supportive of people having the right to demonstrate their dissatisfaction however they choose as long as it's in a manner that isn't harming anyone, I will say, <laughs> um, I am worried that this might give the show lower views overall. And if the show doesn't do well, like you were saying, it might dissuade Disney from wanting to do anything else National Treasure related, like second season of the show or even National Treasure 3. But I also agree with you that if the show does like exceedingly well, especially without Nick Cage, it might suggest to Disney that they have the green light to just 
continue with the series and not at all with the third film. So I think that, you know, tracking these these people who are are boycotting the the show because of Nick Cage, I'm definitely not gonna go into it and try and uh convince them to watch something that they're not interested in. But um if anyone is listening, I will say that, you know, if we want there to be a third national treasure, we might have to somewhat give this a shot. Yeah, watch the series once, but don't rewatch it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, real talk, I suspect Disney is pretty surprised with how much people are like, yeah, I don't want it without Nick Cage. Yeah. Because if they knew that in advance, they would just make the third movie. It's true. You know what I mean? But, you know, as we said, this has all been speculation. But I personally feel now that we've seen the featurette, we've seen how they're that they're using Riley in some capacity. We see that they're now using Agent Sadesky in some capacity. We see that they're referencing back to these like nostalgia clues from the Mm -hmm. movies. I feel more confident than ever in saying that they are using this at least in some capacity as a way to determine what they're going to do about the movie. A litmus test. Yeah. One might since we like science on this show. Um, I feel very confident in that. So, and if you feel confident in that, or if you don't, if you have contrasting or agreeing opinions about this and more, please go ahead and find us at NT Hunt Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram and share those thoughts with us. Yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this first installment of this new bonus series that we're doing here on the pod. This has been National Treasure News. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our National Treasure Hunt. (laughs) 